Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. On this podcast, we journey together in learning how to feel healthy, look good, and plan lives we actually like in the midst of all the everyday chaos. I'm so glad you're here. And today, ladies, okay, we are stepping into a string of episodes that Katie and I are doing together that are all our kind of annual traditional episodes that we do as we are closing out a year and starting another one. So this week, we are doing our look back on 2023, all of our reading, our favorite books from a few different categories, and some of the things that we are looking forward to reading next year. So it's a very fun, packed episode with all kinds of lists. There is going to be a full set of show notes so make sure you check those out so you can see all of the books that we talked about you don't have to take notes yourself or anything we will have them all linked in the show notes and I even have a more exhaustive list that I created for Patreon of all the productivity and business and personal development books and all the different things that I am hoping to read in 2024 and you can actually find that over on Patreon so if you go to patreon.com I made that post completely free for everyone. So if you go to patreon.com slash livewelltogether, you can see that post even if you are not a patron. I made it free for everyone. I wanted everyone to be able to see what my TBR list is for 2024. So you can check that out. No strings attached. But I do want to say while you're over there, it's a great time to be getting plugged into Patreon. We have been doing these challenges you've heard me talk about on the podcast. Katie and I are going to mention again over these next couple of weeks where we're really putting into place all of these small habits that are accumulating and making a big difference in all of our lives. And you can win prizes for doing things like actually doing your tracking for the day. Like you get a point for keeping track of what you got done that day. Hurrah! Like that is so easy. We're reading, we're intentionally moving our bodies, we're doing all kinds of things to very simply help improve our everyday lives. And I'm here to tell you it's working and it's been a lot of fun. It's been great to have the accountability and the community all talking about it. And we would love to have you join us. We have even more planning and productivity content going into 2024 and we don't want you to miss out on any of it. So you can come and join us for as low as $5 a month. That gets you in there to be able to watch my three live videos that I do every single week. Plus, we've just got an amazing group of ladies and so much more that is to come. So think about coming over. So think about coming over and joining us at patreon.com slash live well together. We would absolutely love to have you. But also as a little sneak peek of what is to come in the next few weeks. Next week, Katie and I are going to be talking all about ways to have a festive holiday, some different recipes, things that you can carry out all through Christmas break. It doesn't have to be right before Christmas. It can even be in between the holidays. Some of Katie's favorite twinkle lights that she really keeps up, you know, all winter long, if we are being honest, and some other really fun ideas that she has. We're just getting all festive leading up to Christmas next week. And then the following week, Katie and I do an in-depth planning episode on how we are both revamping some of our planning, our ways of planning, and the different products that we are using for planning. We deep dive on it that week right before New Year's. So there is a lot of fun to come. We are also planning on doing our annual New Year's episode that first week in January where we talk about our goals and all that kind of thing. 
We are in it. This is my favorite season, you guys. The New Year's season. Forget about Christmas. It's all the planning and the goals. And yes. So make sure you don't miss out. Don't miss a podcast. Listen to all of them. Share them with your friends. But without further ado, let's dive into this episode where Katie and I talk all about our favorite reads for 2023 and what we're looking forward to in 2024. Welcome, Katie. Hi. Okay, we are here for our annual we are here. <laughs> book review episode, all the things. So I think we're, I mean, we're just going to like dive in and get after uh, it with what well, our reading was like. Sounds good. All right. We're off to a good start. I mean, okay. we're here. I just we're here. That. We're here. Right? <laughs> we yeah. Are. We're making this happen in the midst of the holiday season with a lot of craziness going on. So, oh and I will... I want to say, though, that, like, I'm not done reading this year. No, no. There is still, I think I, I think I'm going to read four or five more books before the end of the year or finish them. Yeah, that's, that's, okay, okay. Because I've already started some of them and some of them I think will be quick reads. So, so we will get to that. But I do, I, I do have to say that last night I met my reading goal for the year which I had been progressively wow. upping. So I, it does feel like a big deal. And I met last year's goal, which means I will surpass it this year. And it will be the, the most books I've ever read in a year, which feels really hey. good. Hey, hey, if you have done nothing else, you have done right? that. I think that is all I've done. That is an yeah. accomplishment. That will not be... No, no, no. That we're going to celebrate that. Cue the confetti. That is a big deal here. Well, and it especially because I don't look back on this year and think like, "Oh, all I did was read," or like that was a fantastic reading year. It was just like I somehow managed to get a lot of reading done. So I don't know. I love it. Yeah, I love it. But yeah, I definitely have some favorites and some you know lots of different genres that I want to talk about and then also some books I'm looking forward to in 2024 so I think it's going to be a really good conversation but let's just dive in like why don't you tell us to start with where do you want to start with your reading from this past year well you know the reading the books on my kindle give so much away about my life you know (laughs) but when you flip from like extremely lightweight romance And there's a huge amount of that. It tells me quite a bit about my. And then in contrast with that, my morning reading. um, So I always like compartmentalize that way. My night reading is always light and I want to go to sleep. It's just a soporific. It takes me in to sleep and I don't want to think. So it, it is lightweight. So I have, you know. I almost never miss a night. And so you can accumulate quite a few books that way. And then my morning reading is my harder, more challenging, theological, like it's deeper. Yeah. Then there's an additional genre this year of like books like this one, for instance, The Mountain Is You (laughs) by Brianna Beast. Okay. (laughs) So there's like some, I I don't, The War of Art. Break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles. So I have like, yeah, let your life speak. Yes. (laughs) That under my, I have a whole list of those kind of books for next year that are like business, productivity, and personal development. Yes. Like that whole category. Yeah. Yes. So that category really came in hard this year. And 
I read quite a quite a few. And those are the kind of books like you underline, you make notes mm-hmm. about that. Um, hopefully it's transformative. But so I can kind of mark so much of my year back as I look. I just love how Kindle holds those for you and yeah. um, and gives me like just almost better than any other synopsis of my year is my Kindle. <laughs> well, yeah. Just, yeah. So, so anyway, I did read some really good, what do you, what did you call it? Like business development, business productivity and personal development. Okay. Yeah. So I read quite a few, well, three that were really good. And I just mentioned them, but, um, the okay, say is- the names again. Okay, the Mountain is You by Brianna Wiest, and the subtitle is Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery. That mm-hmm. was excellent. Um, challenging, but not offensive. I, didn't, I never threw the book across the room, so it was, okay. it, was, it, was good. it was good. The War of Art, Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles, that's by Stephen Pressfield. That was excellent. And then um, let your life speak, listening for the voice of variation. Oh, sorry, vocation. I don't have my glasses on. I hope you read the book with your glasses on. I just held the Kindle closer. <laughs> I only need those glasses when I need those glasses. And I, I yeah, so I just bring it closer. Um, listening for the voice of vocation. And that's by Parker Palmer. So oh, okay. those three, those three, I cycled through, like by cycled through, I mean, I read them twice. I read each of them twice. Okay. And that was, that was that category for me for this year, but it is a new category and I think I'll always keep it going and maybe I'll keep cycling through those books until I feel like got it because yeah. you know, it hits you differently when you go through it again. Those types of books, I feel like, I don't know, you can never be done. <laughs> There's always yeah. more development that happens. So yeah, no, Likewise, I I okay. totally agree with that. Yeah. That, it's like, I feel like because I do a lot of listening to nonfiction and so I can really like cook through a book pretty quickly and then, but not feel like, like listen to it and think, oh, that's really interesting, but then not fully retain it the way that I would like to. And I find, especially with those kind, like I really need to have the physical book, not the Kindle. I need the physical book. Yes to be able to underline, highlight, write my notes and really like sit with it and get into it. And then I can listen to it too if I want to, but I I need to have that physical book for these kinds of books. It's really the only kind that I feel like I really need the physical book for. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I cuz so many of so many of them are sort of like workbooky and mm-hmm. having things to them. I only read a few this year that fall under this category, though I have many more slated for next year. And that's that's interesting. So you're kind of bringing this category on in a big way for next year. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've already started writing my TBR and I think I have 20 books that are in this category. And then I have the few that I'm going to mention right now are probably ones that I will want to read again, like you were saying, like actually spend some more time with them and really dig into them. So the one that I read and I listened to very quickly, but it was so good. And I interviewed her on my podcast, Deborah Folletta, and it was the book Reset. And I have, I happen to have the physical copy because they sent it to me, but it's powerful habits to own your thoughts, understand your feelings and change your life. And I think I have a big 
emphasis right now on just like mental health and being stable. It was such a hard year. And also realizing more and more and more how probably as a three, but also as a three who has undergone a lot of stressful things, especially in the last few years, is I just don't deal with my feelings a lot of the time. And Mm. that is not probably the healthiest situation to be in. Like I realized the other day, well, I kind of knew I was doing this. I listened to a lot of podcasts. It is not my preference to listen to music. And I was like, but I used to listen to music a lot. Like there are specific albums over the past, well, all my life, but I would say especially the past six years that I can pinpoint when I was listening to them. And I just realized like, oh, I don't like listening to music now because it elicits emotion (laughs) and I want to be as far away from emotion as possible. So like trying to come to terms with some of those things and get in there. And like this book is very short, but it it is very workbooky. Like you could really get in there and like do some work with it. And so I would love to dig into that deeper and actually go through that process. And then- High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard, Bouchard, whatever his name is. Again, I listened to this one and I listened to it pretty quickly. It's a pretty big book. I don't know that I will go through and read it word for word again, but I'd like to give it another good skim through to try to pull out like the high points that I actually want to apply because I listened to it, but I don't feel like I really applied it. So Mm -hmm. I would like to do that. And then surprisingly... This Must Be the Place by Jamie Nato. I did not expect it to be sort of like a personal development, like figure out your stuff kind of book, but it totally was. Really? Yeah. Like she even has questions at the end of each chapter for you to be digging into because let's see, I have like, (laughs) I have like three copies of it. Um, so the it's the byline is following the breadcrumbs of your past to discover your purpose today. So she really does have questions for you to like look back at your life if you're in that place of like, what do I do now? To look back at your life and pull those things out. And so it was a much deeper book than I was expecting from her. It wasn't just like all comedy and I don't know, the kind of feel I was expecting she really hits both ends of the spectrum and I really enjoyed it so those were probably my top yeah well that's gonna go to the top of my list because I just really love her yes but I don't know what to expect with the book so hearing that it's like that oh it's that's top of my list yeah and she was on the podcast too and we had such a great conversation that again I felt like went to all the spectrums and so yeah I just really enjoy her and I really liked her book. I hope she will be coming out with another one because it was so much more than I was expecting. Wow. That's fun. Yeah. So those were, those were probably my three from that category for this. Okay. And I wanted to say, just to circle back to what you were saying about the, um, the physical copy. One thing that I, especially in the move, I couldn't, access all the books that I wanted yeah. like having my kids was really great because I just was I was able to in a very slim way keep everything I wanted at my fingertips and not have a lot of excess and not have things I was missing you know it just was yeah. simple so my workaround with holding it is that I have just like a 
it's like an A4 size notebook, you know, it's not like yeah. a letter size. And I just oh, take the Kindle and I just make my notes in the notebook. So I'm still writing, I'm still color coding, underlining, whatever I've written. But that has really been a nice way to just keep all my thoughts of the year in one place. I've never done that yeah. before. I've written in the books. Maybe I've made a note somewhere else, but like this time it just sort of forced me to have this system and I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, that is one thing I did buy a notebook that I think I'm going to be talking about more, hopefully on YouTube, but I bought a Stology, just a really small little notebook that I'm planning on doing like all of my journaling, all of my notes for my books, all of that in one place this year to have that same sort of like, okay, it's all here. This yeah. can kind of like walk me through my year. Yeah. 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 That's what this feels like. Um, and it, and now I don't have eight books that have all my notes in it that I'm putting on my bookshelf. Like that has started to feel a little cumbersome, but this, sure. I think I'll, I'll take this system with me forward because then it's just a notebook and it's so personalized. Yeah. From, it's it's what I've taken away from everything I've read, which I, you know, what's interesting is I have my kids do that in homeschooling. I love to have their history and their literature and their everything work together. And then they're, they're telling me how it's working. Like, it's just a, you know, that analysis is just a deeper level of thinking and I force it on them all the time, but I, I forced it on myself this year and I really enjoyed like, well, how did that book relate to this, to this area Mm -hmm. of my life? this time in my life and oh that's interesting how it's how this is pulling through I have never done that for myself before but I really enjoyed that process yeah and it's really something you have to purposefully set aside time for because it is mm-hmm. it is more time consuming than just listening to the audiobook while you're making dinner or you know whatever but I think especially with these kinds of books it allows it to be so much more impactful yeah agreed yeah yeah Okay, what is your next category? Um, well, I'm always seems like always reading a Sally Clarkson. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just always cycling through Sally. And this year, um, it was Desperate with Sarah May and Sally Clarkson and Own mm-hmm. Your Life. So those are the two that I kept turning back to, and I really enjoyed them again, again, and again. Can't stop, won't stop, Sally. <laughs> yes, <laughs> always there with her yep. wisdom. And yeah. this year, I also am on her Patreon group. And oh, it's nice. $10 a month, the life mentoring. Oh, okay. Yeah, what it's called. But that has just been a gem because, um, so once a week, she'll, it's not her, whoever her team is, but they're kind of 20 minute sound bites. So it's not quite a podcast. And she does put out a podcast every Tuesday, but then within this community, so it'll be, themed, which I just really appreciate how they do this, but the message is themed to a devotion, to a recipe, to an idea of something to do with your kids. It's very intentional, but the message could be 15 years ago when she was giving some kind of a talk somewhere. So it's sort of from the archives, but mm. it's themed. And I've just gotten a really, I've been charmed. I've been thrilled. Yeah by how they're organizing it and it's felt like just an because I know her her writing so well I've read all of her books multiple multiple times and those of her kids (laughs) yeah yeah Sally I've gone further um I really enjoy this it's just like another layer of relationship like now we're going deep into the archives and that's fun yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. So yeah, only life, desperate, and then giving your words. 
that one, that one is my least favorite Sally book. So I'm giving it kind of another shot, but Mm. I feel like I'm in a stage of my life where everybody kind of needs something from me and the kids needs are high maintenance, like high school, especially seniors graduating and like all their needs are more heightened and it's it's taking a lot from me. So I'm not in a place where I want to be giving my words intentionally more than I am. And so that I think it's my place of life. It's not the book, but I just feel like, no, I want to retreat a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Text it to them than go out of my way to sit with them. And that's just where I am. Just So that one's not hitting exactly, but Mm -hmm. I believe it will in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. It's like there are certain things that they just don't hit with your current stage of life and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's a bad book. It just doesn't connect with you. Yeah. No, I'd never say that about Sally, but no, never, (laughs) never, never. (laughs) Okay. Well, I didn't read any Sally this year, so I can't speak to that uh, particular category, although I have been contemplating reading Own Your Life again, especially oh. because I'm in such a different place than I was when we I read it. We do it together. That would be fun. I am always up for a good Sally read-along. Always. Well, and then I'm also wanting, I have it on my stack here. I have like ridiculous stacks of books by my desk and what is it called is it this beautiful what is it this beautiful truth so sarah's book i i have that on my list to read next year okay you let me know okay yeah yeah Yeah, i will have to get own your life again because that is that is one that i i lost along the way but um yeah, it did not make it in the the quick exodus. Just six put years it on ago. your Kindle because you don't need to hold it. You've yeah. read it multiple yeah. times. You can just get it right on there. Yeah, I probably will go that route with that one. Okay, ladies, we're going to take a quick minute to talk about one of our sponsors for this episode that has honestly made such a marked difference in my life, and that is Copilot. Okay. I have, I think, 75 workouts under my belt with Copilot, which is the most I have ever stuck to any workout routine in my entire life. And it is because of the way that Copilot is designed. It met me exactly where I was at. And that's because it's not just an app. It's actually a real person on the other side of the app. I have my own personal trainer, just like you could have with Copilot. Her name is Heidi, and she is amazing. So when I very first started out, I was like, look, I'm scared. I need something easy, no more than 10 minutes. And she was like, cool, let me design a workout that is going to work for you. And then I did that for about three weeks. And she was like, okay, we're going to switch things up. What are you feeling like? And I was like, okay, we can bump it up a little bit. And so we went up to like 15 to 20 minute workouts. And I'm able to tell her exactly what areas I'm wanting to focus on in my body. Well, I am here to tell you that now I am moving up to using five and 10 pound weights. I am doing strength training. And I can't believe how good I'm feeling. I have really created this as a habit because I have the accountability. I know she's going to check in on me, but it's also so helpful because anytime I have a question about an exercise, I'm able to message her. She gets right back to me. The schedule is completely customized to what I'm looking for and what actually works for my real life. And she's able to design workouts for me based on the things I actually have in my home. I went ahead and bought five pound weights because I was wanting to level things up. I got them super 
cheap on Amazon. And she was like, great, let's incorporate those into your workout. But she could do the same thing if I were going to a gym. She would customize my workout for going to the gym. Copilot just meets you exactly where you're at. They personalize the experience to you. She's even been talking to me about my nutrition and things that I want to change up with that lately. It has been such an all-encompassing wellness experience, and I love how flexible it is and how it's really kept me accountable to it. It has been an absolute game changer for me, and I know it can be a game changer for you too. So if you want to try out Copilot, I'd love for you to follow my lead and get fit and feel fabulous. So give Copilot a try to find out why why it was listed by Forbes as the top-rated personal trainer app of 2023. Just head to live well to get a 14-day free trial and 20% off your first month of personalized fitness with your own personal trainer if you sign up before February 1st, 2024. That's live well to get a free 14-day trial and 20% off your first month. Sign up for the new year and let Copilot help you reach your fitness goals. Okay, so what's your next category? Well, my next category would probably be, I mean, I have a whole homeschool category we could get into, <laughs> read alouds and, um, you know, that kind of thing. But I won't bore anybody with those details. <laughs> I think there are there is still a homeschool audience present, but yeah. it's not the primary focus anymore, for sure. Yeah. But if people well, want your list, they can definitely contact you for it. They absolutely can. And I would just say that uh, we're in, like, we're reading about Noah, the life of Noah. Hmm. And there are some fantastic books out there, mainly from master books, um, chapter books. But there's so much fun about deep diving into the life of Noah. Mm-hmm. And the Creation Museum is not very far away from where we live now. And so we will oh, nice. definitely be able to visit the life-size replica of the Ark and, yeah. uh, and that kind of thing. So I'm deep in the ancient history world as well as, um, you know, the very vacuous, shallow, yes. uh, romant, <laughs> romantic books that I, that I really like at night. Um, and I've been on this kick. So I'm in book eight of, I believe there are 10. So I really, I can't shy away from this anymore. It's a thing. I mean, book eight, I'm really yeah. in this series, you know, uh, by Lucy score. And I've probably referenced books she's read or written before, but this, <laughs> this particular series and what is it? a blue moon, blue moon, romantic. I can't read that word. Comedy. I can't read it. I'm sorry. I need my, I need my glasses. Um, but it, it all surrounds this town of Blue Moon, which is somewhere in New York. And it's a, just a made up little town that was founded by hippies in the 70s. And now they're like old hippies. So oh it's gosh. everything, all the street names and all the businesses are all themed to these hippie-esque things like piece of pizza with the peace sign p-e-a-c-e oh my gosh and it just they she really has a good time you can tell the author is laughing and having a good time with so much of how she's designed this and then it's just different characters in the book and they all run into each other yeah different you know everyone and then simultaneously or systematically she's going through and marrying them all off finding the yes love of their life so it's very fun because when in book eight now I have seven couples prior to this couple that inevitably is gonna yeah. end up together 
Of course. Spoiler alert, they're going to end up together. But I have seven other couples that they run into or they um, have Thanksgiving dinner with or they oh. like it's it's been fun. It's been a good yes. time. I'm really enjoying it. And when I get to the end of book 10, I will be sad. I'll think, oh, I now I don't know where to go. I'm going to miss them because you really do get to know them you, in different books. You find out they're having kids and like they're, it's oh. just it's been fun. Yes. OK, so I am buying this now with one click for two ninety nine. The Which first one? book, the first book. OK, so no more secrets. No more a secrets. small okay, town yeah. love story <laughs> because I was doing like some looking back as I was preparing for this episode and I'm sure we'll get into it but there have been series like this that I absolutely loved from authors like uh Penny Reed she did one that was the Winston Brothers series that was like this you know southern town with the Winston Brothers and again there were like seven or eight brothers and each book marries off a different brother and yeah. so and there was like a motorcycle gang and like all this ridiculous like yeah. backwoodsy flannel you know so not what I'm into very surprising <laughs> that I was into this book but I loved the series like you get in there and you just even though every book is from a different person like you know everybody and everybody has their distinct personalities and everything uh, yeah uh, so I I've been wanting I actually just looked up like has Penny Reed done anything else? Has what was the other one? Oh. It was Lucy somebody that did like the London celebrities series. And I was like, I need something <laughs> like this again. So oh, I got you. This uh, you is, got me. Fit the bill. Just have you know relatively low bar of expectation yes. because it's so formulaic. And but if that's what you're looking for, this will deliver. Yeah. Well, and that's like you were saying, it's the perfect like before bed. I am only reading a snippet every night. And I like if it's well enough written, there's some of them that I've read where I'm just like, like I just finished one that was like, OK, yeah, no, I'm good. But if it's well enough written and you get sucked in with the characters, then I'm just like full send. Yeah, totally. You'll yeah. you'll you'll enjoy this. You really will. Okay. It's 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 delightful. Um but it is lightweight and yeah. but it's it's been a very good time. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I just got it and just delivered to my Kindle. <laughs> but for that price, I mean, I couldn't yeah. help myself. Okay. Well, I think I got I think I got the entire series for 15. Oh. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I know. If that says anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> That's not always good. But, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So is that kind of, that's, that's your, your writing for fiction? I, I think so. I mean, I read quite a bit of Colleen Hoover in the beginning of the year. I typically get on like these kicks mm -hmm. and I read one author, you know, kind of deeply. Um, so there was a lot of Jodi Picoult, Colleen Hoover, but I think both of them, it's a compelling read, especially Jodi Picoult. Mm -hmm. And, and I think I just wanted something lighter. So I, I segued. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's, that's it. That's, that's pretty much my year. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't have any like series that I really got into this year. And I was thinking like, eh, I don't know if I, I really loved my fiction year, but then looking back at my Goodreads, I'm like, oh, actually there were some books that I, I really did enjoy. So 
the there were two books that I read that both directly were about my profession, which is very odd to find books like one about ah. a voice actor and one about ah. a podcaster. And so <laughs> it was like, oh, look at that. And they were very fun to read. So the X talk is all about a podcaster and how she's doing this show with this guy that she hates. And, you know, of course, they're they're rom-coms. So just, you know, what's going to happen going in. But I, I thought that one was really fun. And all of the little things about podcasting that are very true. It was fun to relate to. And then where's the other one? Thank you for listening by Julia Whalen. I should have listened to it <laughs> because she is also, along with being the author, she is an audiobook narrator. I just tend to not listen to fiction. I always read my fiction. But then I heard Knox McCoy on the podcast talk about this book and he was like, don't read it. You have to listen to it because she's so good at it. So now I'm kind of kicking myself like, oh, I probably should have listened to it. But it was about a voice actor and it was very fun. It was also very alarming because she was talking about AI coming in and taking over so much. And that is a scary oh. thing in my job. But it was still like it was it was such a fun read. I'm really glad. And it, like it was very well researched as far as well, I mean, I guess it is her profession with the voice acting stuff, but like she knew what she was talking about. And I love when you get into a book where you can really tell that they know about the profession that they're talking about. I think it just adds yeah. like another depth to the character. So that was very, very fun. And then I read Lessons in Chemistry toward the beginning of the year, which I'm so glad I did because I just finished watching the show and the show was excellent, but it wasn't the book. I loved the book and I really loved how much more they focus on the dog in the book and like the dog's perspective. They yes. did like they hinted to it. They did it a little bit and especially in one episode. They really like capitalized on 630, but the book goes so much deeper into the dog and I'm obsessed like I think I've mentioned with watching those dogs on Instagram that talk using yeah. buttons. So, yeah. yeah. So I I really enjoyed Lessons in chemistry. Yeah. And, you know, I thought through the Netflix, I, I have not finished it, but I thought if they would have gone further, it would have felt hokey. Like it is something yeah. in print that made so much more sense. Yes. Than it on screen. I was like, yeah, no, I get it. Like it yeah. wouldn't come across the same way that it does in the book because it is a little far out there. But yeah, as a reader, it makes sense, but not necessarily as a viewer. Yes. And I think that the way that they did it by having BJ Novak be the voice of 630 and it really only being the one episode, like it encapsulate, like you, you got enough of the feeling. Like, I'm glad they didn't leave it out completely. Like, I was yeah. really happy that they did that episode, but it could, like you said, I could see why they didn't continue on with it because it would have felt far-fetched and kind yeah. of taken you out of the story. But yeah. But yeah, I loved that part of the book. So yeah, but it's on Apple Plus too, not Netflix, yeah. just to put that out there if people are looking for it, if they want to watch it. And then another one that was turned into a show this past year was Daisy Jones and the Six. And I really enjoyed the book and I enjoyed the character development and things they did with the characters better in the book. 
there were some things that was like, I hate when they add it for drama's sake when the book was good to begin with. Like, don't don't mess with that. Don't mess with what people are doing. Don't make it worse than it was. You know, like, just stick with the script. And they didn't. I liked the show for its own purposes. And I actually really liked the album. So that was fun to kind of have like this full encompassing experience of having read the book and then watch the show and then being able to listen to the music. And so especially because... Give us the premise of this book. Oh, you don't know about Daisy Jones and the Six? I remember you mentioning it, but like, I want to know more about what you're talking about. Okay. And I wonder if I'm just give us a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So it's about a band in the 60s or 70s and how they come together as a band. And then it's written, though, from the perspective of them like talking to a documentarian. So it's a really interesting writing style because it's all sort of like first person from each of their perspectives. And it's loosely based on Fleetwood Mac. And so all of the different like relationships between everybody and how things were developing and what was going on. And so you just like kind of get to go in depth on this band back then and then they're looking back now and kind of telling their story so so is it is it, is it a little like the office like how they no I mean it's not funny okay okay but it's like how they bring them aside and they yes they do do some interviews and okay. the book not funny no not funny um, okay. I mean, dealing with a lot of serious topics like addiction and and all of those kinds of things, but like okay. showing how they developed their music and and all of that. So, I mean, it was I really liked it. And it was kind of cool because Riley Keough, who plays Daisy Jones in the show, is actually Elvis's granddaughter. And oh, so yeah. that's cool because like she's actually playing one of Elvis's guitars in the show which you wouldn't know unless you've watched like you know interviews and stuff but she she actually is like she came from lineage of you know the king of what was it he wasn't the king of pop that was michael jackson what was he the king of rock i don't know i should know this you You should should know that (laughs) the king It was just cool that like, oh, wow, that's his granddaughter and she's really singing and like doing a good job. And the music was really fun to listen to. And right now I am narrating an audiobook which has a musician in it that writes songs. And it's so hard for me to like read the lyrics and try to make them compelling when you're just reading them and it's not sung. And so... I I have a hard time reading those also like in Daisy Jones and the Six. I think I would just kind of like glance over the lyrics. And so it was fun to actually hear them put to music and become like real, real songs from that sort of era. Like they sound like they're from that era. So I thought that was kind of a fun full circle experience. And what is the show on? Is it on Netflix? Oh, that's a good question. I think it might be Apple as well. But I will look it up here really quickly. Amazon. It's on Amazon. Okay. So, yeah. I I mean, I think it's worth watching. It could have been, I think, a standalone from the book in a lot of ways. But, yeah. 
All right, ladies, if you're a longtime listener, then you might know I've been drinking AG1 for a couple of years now. And when I first started drinking AG1 daily, I was having a tough time staying on top of my supplements every day. I just wasn't being very routine about it. It felt cumbersome to be getting out all the different pills and everything that I needed to take. And so I wasn't doing it as much as I wanted to, but I knew I wanted the health benefits of taking supplements. So that's when I first started drinking AG1 because it was so simple. I could just put it in a glass of water, stir it up really quick, down it in the morning, and I would feel such a difference in my body, in my mind. I would feel more focused. I would feel like my digestion was better. It is just a game changer for me and the way I feel on a day-to-day basis and how I'm able to keep up my energy to get through the day. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, holy cow, do I need that? and immune support, which I also need with all these children. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only was I able to replace a multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for gut support, adaptogens, you know I love me a good adaptogen to help support my body's stress levels. There are so many things. There's 75 different vitamins, minerals, and whole food sources superfoods in AG1 to make you feel your best. I recommend it to all of my friends, all of my family. They are all taking it now because I just think it's such a simple way to add in a very foundational nutrition support every single morning. It will change the way that you feel. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why they've been a partner for so long. And if you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash livewell. That's drinkag1.com slash livewell. Check it out. And then other fiction. I mean, I always come back to Kate Claiborne. I always come back to Emily Henry. I'm going to read what they put out every year. So I I really enjoyed both Happy Place and Georgie All Along. And so Kate Claiborne has a new one. Well, it came out this past year, Georgie All Along. Did you not read that one? No. Oh, it was cute. Yeah. And then she's got a new one coming out in March called The Other Side of Disappearing. And Emily Henry has one coming out in April, actually on Roman's birthday, called Funny Story. So not too much longer to wait before both of them come out with new books again. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. I always like knowing like those authors that you can kind of reliably know are going to be releasing a book every year. And so it's not the same as being like in a series, but at least it's fun to to keep coming back to that same style that you know you like. Absolutely. So, and then of course, we've already talked about rain, which kind of fell flat for both of us, but I'm so glad I, I yes, which I'm the end of the American Royals series. I'm so glad I finished it, but it wasn't, it just, it was just kind of like what it was. So, yeah, we've already talked about it though. Yeah. I mean, it just, it it fell fell a little flat. Mm -hmm. Did you read any memoir this year? Oh. Okay, this is always a big category for me. Like probably it's my least favorite. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. 
Yeah. Now I love historical, uh, like fiction. I like it, but, um, boy, I modern, I I am just not into it. Interesting. See, I, that's always like one of my biggest topics or biggest categories. And I read quite a few this year. In fact, I voted in the Goodreads Choice Awards. And this was the category that I had the most books that that I had read out of it. So I, I mean, I started off the year with I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy, which sounds so brutal, but it was excellent. Like, she did such a good job and she was on uh what's the name of that show it's set in yakima which yakima washington and they did, of course didn't film there i carly but it's yeah it's supposed to be set in yakima which is just yeah. the most random random thing so i really liked that one i know a lot of people have a lot of thoughts about spare but I found it very interesting. That's Prince Harry's book. I thought it was very interesting. And to hear from his perspective and his voice, you know, because I always listen to memoir. And so I really liked it. You know, I wish we had the other side of it. I wish William would write the book that he will never write, you know, so we could actually hear like the other side of the story. But, But I really liked it. I thought he did a good job. So, and of course he had a ghostwriter. William will never write it. Like, why do you know that? Oh, because he follows the royal protocol. And it is like, you keep your lip buttoned. You don't tell anyone your thoughts on anything. So he will just never, ever, ever (laughs) do it. So he would have to like abdicate the throne to decide that he was going to write a book. And that's never going to happen. So, Which is why this was such a shocking book, right? That he even yeah I mean because he really calls out a lot of things and what the royal family does and how they handle the press and how William has changed from how he said he was going to handle the press growing up to really now falling in line with what is expected by the firm and so yeah and I mean all the things with his relationship with Megan and I mean, but he goes all the way back to when his mom died and what that was like and how he dealt with that. And I actually thought, I mean, I know that it doesn't sound like King Charles has, you know, taken very kindly (laughs) to spare, which I understand, but there were points in it where he was talking about his dad where I thought, huh, okay. He maybe has a little bit more of a heart than I expected And I think he did try to be a good dad to them in the capacity that he could and that he Mm -hmm. tried to be there for them, even though he's an incredibly emotionally stunted person. (laughs) Like he he really tried to be there for Harry. And so in the way that he was able to, like he would write him letters and put them on his pillow at night instead of having a conversation with him. And Mm -hmm. but it was like, but he at least tried so I don't know. There were certain parts of it where I was like, I came away thinking a little bit more positively of King Charles than I otherwise do. So yeah, it was it was interesting. So it was very long, but I mean, all of his time in Afghanistan and like all of that, I thought was a very interesting read. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Another one that I read was Hello, Molly, or I listened to about Molly Shannon. 
And I had resisted reading this because I felt like it was going to be dark because, I mean, it starts with how her mom died in a car accident when she was four. Her mom and her, her mom and her little sister and her aunt, like it was like her dad was driving the car and like wiped out almost everyone in the car. And so that is like a heavy place to be coming from, but it's Molly Shannon. And so of course she's going to have her comedy throughout, you know who Molly Shannon is, right? I do. I do. Okay. And she's going to have her comedy throughout and her, like the way that she talks is unlike anyone else. And it would sound ridiculous coming from anyone else, but from her, it's actually like really sincere. And, you know, she's got like this big heart and all these emotions. And it was actually like so well done and a really enjoyable listen, even though she talks about a lot of hard things that happened and like how she was raised and stuff. So I really liked that one. Then we, I can't not mention my time with the Duggar sisters because (laughs) I listened to two of their, well, the only two that are out right now, Ginger Duggar of Wolo wrote Becoming Free Indeed. So that was the first one I listened to about her perspective of kind of like coming out of the Duggar family. And then I just listened to Jill Duggar Dillard's book, Counting the Cost. And they were very different books. And I've got to say, like, Jill called it like it was. Like, she held nothing back and she really spelled out what has really been going on behind the scenes. And I thought it was incredibly bold and brave of her to write the book that she did and kind of like rip the curtains wide open and be like, no, this is the kind of person who is leading this family. And I mean, she really calls out her dad of this is what he did with the money and he never paid us. And we were forced to sign contracts that we didn't even know what was in them. We didn't even realize we were signing contracts like the shady stuff that Jim Bob Duggar has done with his kids for his own personal gain, all under the name of ministry and like having sort of been in that world, seeing somebody be like, no, look at the narcissist that he really is was it was an amazing read and refreshing to have somebody just call it out so I really appreciated that I think that Ginger did a good job of kind of like sorting through her feelings about all of it it was a much more like feelings book I think with trying to say how her mind has changed from her parents without directly really saying anything bad about her parents Whereas Jill was more like, why was he protecting Josh and then forcing us to go on TV to talk about a painful experience, but protecting my older brother, who is now a pedophile that can't even see his own children? You know, like, yeah. And so I appreciated that she she said it like it was. So I thought that was like very brave of her. And she did a really good job. So and then, oh, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, will you read the Britney Spears memoir? No, I don't think so. And I'm really annoyed that it won for best memoir 
in the 2023 Goodreads Choice Awards because it's not even read by her. It's read by Michelle Williams. And I just, I'm not interested. I just feel okay. like she's she's gone off the rails. And so I don't even feel like you can fully trust what she's putting out in the book, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't think I will spend my time on that. I won't either. I was yeah. just <laughs> Yeah, that is one I will not be reading. Um, but the, uh, the the last one that I will mention that I did listen to this year was Beth Moore's All My Knotted Up Life. Oh, oh my gosh. I read that too. I, I didn't yeah. talk about it. I did read a memoir. You read a memoir. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. And that was excellent. It was excellent. And so not pious, kind of like I think how I was expecting going in. I just loved, and if you listen to it, she changes her accent throughout the book to encapsulate like her upbringing and the change and the growth and the like getting older and everything, which I thought was just like really fun from a performative perspective. But yeah, she just, I thought she did such a good job of being incredibly honest and real and encountering really hard things. And yeah. I thought, and and the way that she addresses some very difficult topics like sexual abuse by like comparing them to a tornado and, you know, the, those kinds of different things. And like without fully saying what happened, you absolutely know what happened. And I just thought it was so well written. Yeah, I, I am with you. It was a lot to, to take in. It was a yeah. lot to think about in good ways like it, it made you reflective and it was challenging and it was good yeah I thought she did an excellent job she was actually up for one of the awards for the the memoir award obviously she didn't win but I thought for sure Spare was going to win so to see that Britney Spears book won which like just came out yeah. I was just like what what are people doing no, well, this it's be a trusted. popular vote. You know, that is definitely, I mean, so that's uh-huh. why I was curious. Like, how do you, where do you draw your line with your memoirs? Is it just, is a person has to interest you or yeah. is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It really is like the person has to interest me or their story has to interest me. Like this year I have a lot of Steve Martin's books on my list. I read Martin Short a few years ago. And so I'd like to read Steve Martin's. I think he has a memoir and then another one he wrote about being like a stand-up comedian. So I think that those could be kind of fun and I've loved his movies. And so that's a lot of where it comes from. And if I just think the person is like an unreliable narrator, then I probably won't spend my time on it. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I mean, I read, I've read 40 books so far Oh, I will mention, I haven't finished it yet, but I am listening to Clan Lands in New Zealand, which is Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish again. And again, I don't even really care what they're talking about. <laughs> I just like listening to them because they're from Outlander and they've got amazing accents and it's just fun to listen to them. So I will finish that one by the end of the year. And I'm also listening to Viola Davis's memoir. So that is about her like finding herself and stuff. And I've heard that it's good. So I will finish both of those before the end of this year. And who is she? Viola Davis. Yeah. 
Should I know? Yeah. Is this really embarrassing? Well, for you? I mean, it's for me, but but not for you. I, I mean, she's a, an Oscar-winning actress, so she's. I, I should know. Yeah, I mean, she's pretty iconic. She really didn't start getting a lot of standout roles until she was a little bit older. She won a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for the shortest amount of time spent on screen in a movie. Okay. And like her performance was that compelling that she won the award. Like she's just, um, well, uh, oh, why can't I think of the name? You, you have to have seen this. Is it called The Help? I think it's called The Help. Okay. Have you? I saw that. Yeah. The Help. She's the lead in The Help. Okay. So you've seen her. You would okay. know. But she's done, I mean, she's done a ton. Her her filmography is now quite large. But yeah, it's her memoir is what I'm listening okay. to. And it also okay. gets me a check mark, a little bookmark on my Kindle <laughs> challenge for <laughs> the last quarter. So I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. I'll do that. Yeah. Ladies, support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane, and it's really perfect timing because we are now very much steeped in the cold of winter, and Jenny Kane is known for her amazing sweaters, her amazing cashmere. Honestly, I have two Jenny Kane sweaters. I have the fisherman hoodie and the everyday sweater, and I wear them both in my weekly rotation at least once, sometimes twice, because they are so comfortable and amazing. They fit so well. They are classic styles and I'm really about that. I really like my stuff to be not super trendy. I mean, feel like my clothes work with the times, but that they will also really work from year to year to year. Like I can get a lot of wear out of these clothes. And with Jenny Kane, it's so well made and it's so classic that you can honestly be wearing these clothes for years to come and still feel just as on point and pulled together and beautiful. I just can't say enough good things about Jenny Kane. And I honestly don't even just wear them in the winter. I wear my Jenny Kane sweaters all year long because they're the perfect thing to throw on with a summer dress or in the spring when it's chilly or even in the fall. They are they are just my, my staple pieces all the live long day because they're just so good. I get compliments about them all the time. They're super luxe yet lightweight. Plus everything in the Jenny Kane collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. I love to pair a Jenny Kane sweater with everything from classic denim to a simple slip dress to even my leggings. They're effortless and so easy to put together. They've also got the best collection of quality shoes that style so easily with anything, and they have a stunning collection of home essentials, timeless furniture pieces, cozy throws, perfectly curated decor, and the most incredible candles. Jenny Kane believes in the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless design so you can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Plus, they have an incredible rewards program where you can get up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. So give yourself and your loved ones the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. My listeners get 15% off your first order when you use the code LIVEWELL15 at JennyKane.com. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com and use the code LIVEWELL15. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Okay, so did you have any other books from this year or should we move on to what you're looking forward to next year? I am ready to move on, but okay. are you? Oh, yes, you are, okay. I'm ready too. Okay. okay, so I am really excited about, let me find it. I, <laughs> I lost, okay, hang on one second. 
Okay. None of this is true is the name of the book by Lisa Jewell. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So it's like a psychological thriller, but um, it's this woman and she finds herself the subject of her own, like she's a true crime podcaster, okay. but a whole series of events, she realizes that she is the subject of her podcast and it's very and it's very compelling it's a little it's a little bit on the thrilling side but I've heard it's not so scary that like you know you can't read it but it's it's really good so Ben and I have really gotten on this kick with more so Ben drives an hour each way to hockey practice every day now that yeah it's a little harder to find ice so he has two hours in the car every day, Monday through Friday. So his literature is all being done by Audible. Maybe I've said this before on air, but so I've had to get kind of creative with how to do his literature component. And we're just, we started with Agatha Christie and we we are like in this sort of psychological thriller. He's just, he loves them. They keep him up. They keep him alert, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I really like it. So we've really gotten into this genre. So together, we're sort of sharing so he's he listens and I read it but that is our next one and I think it's going to be a thing for this year where we dive deep into Lisa Jewell because okay. her um, seems so good so anyway and she has a ton of them Ralph's party I don't know if you've heard of that Mm-mm. um a family upstairs so anyway she's got a lot out and um I'm excited. Now I might come back and say, whoa, that was too scary. Never mind on that. Or it's not appropriate for a 17 year old boy. So I mean, yeah. this is caveat, but this is what I, this is the direction I think we're going. Interesting. See, that was the one category from the Kindle challenge this quarter that I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to read a mystery or thriller. Sorry. Bye-bye. I don't, don't want to go there. I don't want to feel scared. I think the couple of books that I've read in that category, I end up having like, oh, I've got like 50% of this book to go, but I need to finish it tonight because otherwise I'm never going to sleep again. And I just like, I especially it's different even from a movie. I don't even usually enjoy like thriller kinds of movies, Uh, but with a book, you are in it for so many hours that yeah. it feels even more like, I don't know, encompassing. Yeah, it won't let you go. I know. Yeah. I know. And I don't usually like that feeling, but, um, but I, I've been enjoying it as well. It's sort of a surprise. And, um, anyway, so I'm, I'm converting, I'm in Interesting. it. Interesting. And I would say even all the light you cannot see, which you listen to, I think that yeah. has some elements of that psychological, yeah. but it's so good. And, I don't know. You really feel like you've accomplished something at the end because of the gamut of emotions you've gone through because you've had fear. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh okay, yeah, but the other side of it, whew, I did it. And not all the books I read, do you have that kind of a feeling? It's just like, oh, okay. You oh. mean I'm not going to get that from the Blue Moon series? <laughs> no, you're not. You're really not. But I, there is something to be said about that. Like you've accomplished something. So yeah. I'm, I do enjoy that. Okay. All right. Well, I will wait and let you guys read it and report back, back before I even even consider. Yeah. 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 But, you know, there's a whole group of people who love like true yeah. podcasts. I mean, that's yeah. a really 
popular genre. It's just never been one that I felt like connected with me. But after the Idaho murder, yeah. murders that happened, and then the girl that we follow, what, what is she called? Cupcake Magazine. <laughs> okay. All right. Now that sounds fluffy, but she has so many. <laughs> There's more to her than that. <laughs> the oh name, my goodness. Yeah. The name seems to reveal. But I've really been enjoying like watching it. Un- yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to say I'm enjoying anything about that. Yeah. No. But I've been enjoying getting the updates and learning more and watching the dateline. And like, it's, I can see how it's a thing, you know, where yeah. it's a especially dep- it when, cause it's kind of like real time. It's not even like going back to something that happened 10 years ago or whatever. It's like, oh, this is happening and she's going to give you the updates as soon as they have come out on what paperwork has come out in court that day or, you know, whatever. She just does the summary of it for you and really takes you along the way to see how it's all developing. And that's really compelling. Yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, yes, exactly. And, and it's so other, you know, it's so yeah. other from your life and it adds just a little bit of like a thrill or a drama. And yeah. when your life is full of drama, I don't think those things appeal, but as yeah. like things kind of level out, there is something to be said for like diving deep into, you know, a other people's drama. <laughs> yes. And see, like my life is generally full of drama. And so I feel like cupcake magazine on instagram is like the perfect amount of me being able to dabble with that and find out what's going on without being like fully immersed in a book about it or you know whatever totally yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. well i will get back to you because this book just came out in um the fall of 2023 so it's brand new and i'm very curious to hear about it um i've run into interestingly enough a couple of people who've talked about it like strangers and we've Interesting. gotten we mentioned it it's happened twice so I'm like okay okay I'm in yeah. I'm in I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it okay yeah. all right speaking of this is totally off topic for just a second but like true crime and looking back I finished the first section of the last season of the crown okay. and so it was all leading up to Diana's death and then directly afterward And I know a lot of people are not liking this season for a lot of different reasons. And I understand that. But how they handled that part of it and the direct aftermath was so interesting and very emotionally compelling, if I do say so myself, because there is something that happens like to two different people that it really tugs on your heartstrings. It was, it was really something. So yeah, still need to get you on board with the crown, but that was, Ooh, yeah. I cried. Yes. Okay. And I have Netflix now. So I, yes, it's just a matter of time. I'm coming. I know. Well, we talked about rewatching it. Like I would rewatch it with you. Okay. And so, so. and the crown. Yes. Got our plans for this year. I'll bring what I know and you bring what you know. (laughs) We can come together on this. It's going to be good. Okay. What else are you looking forward to for 2023? That's it. That's all I've got. That's it. That's it. Oh, that's all I've got. Okay. Okay. Well, my list is a little longer and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to rein it in. I will probably go into like the full list over on Patreon. 
because it's fairly extensive. And I spent some time about a week ago going through because I still have such a ridiculous library of books on my Kindle from that stinking modern Mrs. Darcy email list that tells you all the deals. And I haven't even bought anything in like a year. I don't even open the email because I know better right now, but I still have such a backlog. And so I did kind of go through that and pick out some specific things like, okay, you should probably just go ahead and read that. I think I tend to be a little bit more willy-nilly with my fiction, like just whatever feels right whenever I finish the last book that I've finished instead of so much like, oh, I'm going to plan out these are exactly the fiction books I want to read other than like, okay, I know Emily Henry's coming out with a new book. I'll read that. I know Kate Claiborne's coming out with a new book. I'll read that. But otherwise, I just kind of do what is in the moment. But I did plan out some of my nonfiction and then that business productivity and personal development category. So I'm going to finish Aaron Carlson's There's No Crying in Baseball because I listened to I'll Have What She's Having, which was about the Nora Ephron rom-coms and it really hit hard on like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And I feel like these books are so well-researched and so interesting. So I will be finishing There's No Crying in Baseball, and then I'd also like to listen to her book called Queen Meryl, which is all about Meryl Streep. So those are a couple of books. Um, Elizabeth Passarella came out with her second book called It Was an Ugly Couch Anyway, and I really love the first book. I didn't listen to the first book because she didn't read it herself, but the second one she does read, and she lives in New York City. And so any book from someone who's going to write from that perspective of like actually living in New York City, I just find really interesting. So I will be listening to that. And then the Steve Martin books, like I mentioned, I will be listening to both Born Standing Up and So Many Steves. And then, okay, in the business and productivity, personal development category, there is a new book coming out at the end of December that I'm probably going to like pre-order today because you can get pre-order bonuses that, okay, well, I'll get to the pre-order bonuses in a second. Okay. There's this guy named Ali Abdal. He is a YouTuber who used to be a doctor who went to Cambridge and he started a YouTube channel while he was in medical school at Cambridge. And then by his like second or third year of actually being a doctor, he was making more money off his YouTube channel than he was from being a doctor. And so he ended up giving up being a doctor and he now has like a multi-million dollar YouTube channel and company where he teaches about productivity and learning and planning and all that kind of thing, which is totally my jam. And so I've been watching a lot more of him lately and he's coming out with a book at the end of this month called Feel Good Productivity. And it's this idea that like across the board, you're going to be more productive if you have more joy in your life. And it's such an interesting concept to me as far as like planning goes, because life is hard and it's hard to like make things happen. But he's like, if you find the ways to enjoy what you're doing, you're just automatically going to get more done. So I know he's put a ton of research into this book. He spent three years writing it. I mean, his foundation is being a doctor. So 
there's going to be a lot of that there, but he's also very conversational and easy to listen to. So I think that his book will probably be pretty good. And if you buy it now before it releases, I think it releases December 26th, and you send in your receipt to the website, then they're doing a webinar at the beginning of January that is like putting all of these things from the book into practice for planning out your next year. So I think that's a pretty good benefit to getting the book early because I love planning and productivity. So I just think this book sounds really amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he has mentioned a few books lately that I think also sound really good. And one of them is called Story Worthy. And let me pull it up here again because I want to tell you what the subtitle is. Um, It's by Matthew Dix and it's Story Worthy. Engage, teach, persuade, and change your life through the power of storytelling. And He just mentioned one practice that this book talks about, whereas like finding one thing every day that is worth writing a story about. And you can just write down one line like, oh, this was a story worthy moment. But it's kind of like changing your perspective on your life to see that it's like bigger and grander than you maybe feel like just in the mundane day to day, it's like looking for those little treasures. And so I think that that sounds really interesting and kind of fun. And then I want to dig into the artist's way this next year. And I know that um, Joy Clarkson has actually been doing this on her podcast with a friend. They've been going through this book, but it's this foundational book that's like pretty old. I mean, I think it's over 30 years old, but it's got all these like habits and ideas for how you can be living an artist's life and like continuing to be creative and having inspiration and finding inspiration and all those kinds of things. She talks about morning pages if that's something you've heard about in like the journaling realm of things, yeah, that's kind of where it started is with this book. And so I'm interested in getting in there. It's supposed to be sort of like a 12-week journey that you go on with this book about different things that kind of help ignite your, your creativity and whatnot. And okay. I'm wanting to press more into that in 2024, like coming back to those creative parts of myself and letting all the other parts of my business sort of stem out of those areas. So I thought that would be an interesting book. And then The 12-Week Year is also another one that I'm really interested in reading, which is about productivity and like how to get the same amount done in 12 weeks that you would get done in a year. So I'm interested. I know I'm interested in these, but then I'm also coming at it from the perspective of like, okay, Ali Abdal, you are single. I mean, he's got a girlfriend, but you're in your early thirties. You don't have a family. (laughs) You're a dude. You are writing this from a perspective of really having complete control over your time and your life. And so I have to like synthesize what you're telling me through the lens of a mom of four who is single, who has got, you know, 47 different irons in the fire and trying to make ends meet. So like, trying to be realistic about what I'm reading. Like, what can I take from these things and then apply to like the real life of a real mom? And so I think that's a healthy perspective to be coming into it with. But yeah, yeah, I still, I, I enjoy reading about those things and diving into them. So 
So yeah, those are like the top of my list. I have a few other things written down. Well, actually, I have 20 books written down on that list, but oh. those are the the high points of like what I really want to make sure I dig into next and year. And are you keeping this all the way through? Like, are you keeping this like all year you're adding to it? Probably. I mean, I think I generally sort of make a TBR and it's a guiding place like for me to keep coming back to of things that I'm interested in. And some of it is honestly just books that I need to read because I'm going to have the people on the podcast or whatever. But yeah, I think it always develops and changes. And some of them, it's like, oh, I'd like to read that. But if I don't, it's not going to be the end of the world. It'll still be on my Kindle next year. But I'm I'm trying I tried to kind of weed through like which ones were the most compelling to me right now. So yeah. But okay. I think I'm looking forward to it. I I am wanting to like what I did last year was I set a reading goal of only 20 books on Goodreads. And like I think that has helped me to not like feel overwhelmed by a reading goal. I mean, I ended up over doubling that, which was great. But it's good for me to set the bar low at the beginning of the year. And especially going into 2024, like we've already talked about, like I'm wanting to read a lot deeper, especially with these kinds of books. I want to actually like learn from them, remember the stuff, figure out how to put it into practice. And so I think I'm going to try to focus less on the numbers next year and focus more on like the quality of how much I'm getting out of it. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I'm sure there'll be some great memoirs that come out and whatnot that I just don't know about yet. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a developing list. But that and it's always sort of thwarted by the Kindle challenge because then I end up getting sucked into, well, I have to read a book from this obscure category because it's got to get me that little bookmark. So yeah, I'm sure I'll end up reading things that I do not expect. <laughs> But I I do have to pat myself on the back, though, for that also that I I didn't let it like rule my life this year <laughs> as I have some other times they've done the Kindle challenge where I'm like, oh, I really don't want to read from that category, but fine, I will. I did put my foot down a couple of times this year and had a talk with my Kindle. <laughs> it was like, no, I'm not doing it and you can't make me. So, <laughs> so there's that. Being strong. Yes. I don't care about your little bookmark. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back next week with oh. our like Christmas festivities and recipes. And like, it's just going to be a fun episode. So we hope everybody will tune back in next week. And then the following week will be our New Year's episode. So lots more to come. I'm in just the next few weeks. Lots more. <laughs> lots more. <laughs> Hope you're not sick of us. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Okay, ladies, that was a lot of books that we talked about. A very long list, and we have it all taken care of and listed out for you in the show notes, so you can swipe up in whatever app you're listening to the podcast on, or head over to mackenziecoppacom slash podcast. You can find this episode and all of our other episodes right there with all of the notes easily spelled out for you. And also don't forget, if you want that more extensive list of what I am looking forward to reading in 2024, you can head over to patreon.com slash 
slash livewelltogether. I will also have that link in the show notes just to make it easier for you. And you can check out that list there for completely free, or you can think about joining us coming into the new year and doing all of your planning in community. It's going to be a really good time. All right, but that is it for today's episode. We can't wait to have you back here next week. And until then, go be bold and gracious.